Hello everyone, welcome back to another episode of Major Mystery. It is finally October, the greatest month of the year. And not just because I'm a Libra, but because Halloween, the greatest holiday ever, is right around the corner. Today's episode is the bone-chilling, teeth-clattering, shivering episode of The Black Dahlia. When I was doing research for this podcast, I came across this book by James Elroy called The Black Dahlia. It features everything. It features the manhunt about her, the warrants, everything. I highly recommend it. It's such a great read. I also got the book on Audible. And it's just, there's so much passion and violence and frustration when it comes to this book that I read it all in one sitting. (laughs) I don't even remotely feel guilty about that. The fact that I read it all in one sitting. It is that much of a good read. Today's case is all about the Black Dahlia, aka Elizabeth Short. With research comes great responsibility. There is a brilliant miniseries out on TNT with Chris Pine called I Am the Night. Written all about Fauna Hodel and her connection to Elizabeth Short also known as the Black Dahlia. She was dubbed this in the macabre of her death due to her wearing black clothing all the time and her appearing in the Blue Dahlia, a popular movie written by Raymond Chandler starring Alan Ladd and Veronica Lake. Elizabeth Short was born July 19th July 29, 1924, in Medford, Massachusetts, the Hyde Park, Boston area. And she lived a very short life. She was only 23 when she was discovered in an empty parking lot by Betty Bursinger and her three-year-old daughter. She's born in Boston and she ends up moving to California due to health issues such as asthma and allergies due to the cold Boston winter. She was born to parents Phoebe and Cleo with four sisters, Virginia, Dorothea, Elena, and Muriel. Cleo, her father, is the successful man up until the Great Depression. He abandons his car at a bridge and he fakes his death. Elizabeth is simply distraught by this. She and Cleo are supposedly the closest out of the entire family. And she wants more out of life. She wants more than just to be Elizabeth. She wants to be an actress. And she walks as though she rules the world with her head held high, her shoulders back, and her back elevated like she is ruling the world and she's walking gracefully and during this time she's considered attractive to men 
She's considered beautiful in the standards of beauty back then, and she is watching a ton of movies during this time in order to pursue acting. She wants to be an actress, and pursuing this meant everything to her. And she moves to LA to pursue this, and during this time, she believes that she wants a military husband. Things don't always go her way. She becomes astray and arrested in 1943 in Santa Barbara due to underage drinking while living with her friend. This is when she runs into her father. She finds him in Vallejo and she's stunned by the fact that he is alive. She is completely upended and uprooted and she is taken aback by the fact that he faked his death. Her father tracks her down and he firmly believes that she would take care of him. He thought wrong. He knew that he was wrong. He thought that Elizabeth would take care of him and take care of the cooking and the cleaning and be a woman in this day and age. Days before she died, she's dropped off at the Biltmore Hotel by a man under the name of Robert Red Manley. She is supposedly last seen at this hotel making phone calls in the lobby. And she is trying to reach out to her sister. It is unsure at this time which sister. There is a conspiracy theory about her stating that the Biltmore is not the last place that she has seen. She is seen in the Cecil Hotel, a very, very infamous hotel, which I plan on doing another episode on later, so stay tuned. And during this time, she disappears. Six Whole days go by until Betty Bursinger and her three-year-old daughter are walking along this empty parking lot, making their way to the shoe store, when they come across her corpse. Bursinger believes that it was a broken doll. Her corpse is so mutilated and so pale and misshapen that she thinks it's a mannequin. And she is found on the South Norton Avenue at 39th Street, severed in two with perfect precision. The permanent smile on her face is the most gruesome part of her death. Her smile is cut from ear to ear. And she's drained of blood and scrubbed of all DNA evidence before she is placed here making the medical examiner believe that, number one, the person who kills her has some sort of medical knowledge, medical training, what have you, and number two, that she is killed elsewhere. The, the examiner also concludes that she is tortured for three days before her death, given contusions on her legs, her wrists, her neck, and her right thigh. 
the examiner runs her fingerprints through the system. This system is very, very new, very, very young at this time. But her fingerprints appear into the system twice. The first time for her being arrested in Santa Barbara and the second time for her being a clerk and the commissionary at the Army's Camp Cook. where she believes that she will meet her man and that she will get her husband, her military husband, her strong, handsome protector. It is said that Elizabeth has a rose tattoo on her right thigh before she's mutilated. We can't say this at this time. There is not enough evidence to conclude this, and there's not enough evidence to confirm this. But supposedly, the killer took this part of her as a trophy. There's a man at the police office by the name James Richardson, and he receives an anonymous phone call saying to expect souvenirs. This man gets these souvenirs, by an anonymous donor called the Black Dahlia Avenger. And letters to the police are held with Short's information, her purse, her birth certificate, her social security card, and her address book. This address book is going to come into play later. The fingerprints on all three of these letters don't have any fingerprints on them. They were removed with gasoline, which is a very old school way to get rid of fingerprints, given a very old school method of hiding your tracks and erasing them all. Peter Mayer is a Cleveland detective at this time. He calls LAPD because he hears about the Black Dahlia. And at this time, the Mad Butcher of Kingsbury Run is running around, giving him and Elliot Ness a headache. And because there are similarities between the two, he thought that they were killed by the same person. There is not enough evidence to confirm this at this time, but it's simply too far-fetched. Steve Hodell writes a book called The Black Dahlia Avenger, and he firmly believes that his father, Dr. George Hodell, killed the Black Dahlia, and he has enough evidence on this because George Hodel was bugged by the FBI for 40 days. And the most interesting quote during all these recordings is, supposing I did kill the Black Dahlia. They couldn't prove it now. They can't talk to my secretary anymore because she's dead. There is this theory that because George Hodel was so incredibly wealthy and incredibly charming, that he bought his way through the LAPD, through the lawyer's office, through the DA, 
and he got off scot-free. This man breathes his way through medical school. It is safe to say that George Hodel is a genius. Nobody breezes through medical school the way that he did. LAPD discovers tire tracks at the scene belonging to a 1936 Picard. Guess who else drives a 1936 Picard? George Hodel. This is the only evidence that the LAPD could get on him. And during this time, he fled to the Philippines. He flees. He simply runs away at this point and isn't seen until 1950. Jean French is another woman that disappears at the same time. And she is brutally murdered, supposedly by George Hodel. Supposedly, there's not enough evidence to conclude this. And the handwriting on her stomach had the initials BD on them. And the only evidence to conclude this said that it matched George Hodel's. Leslie Dillon is a mortician's assistant at this time and he's speaking with one of the detectives about bleeding a body prior to the embalming process and you do this with the insertion to the upper thigh he never is convicted of this crime he never confesses and he leads to the police to another man robert red manley is the prime suspect of this case. He's the last person to see her alive and he has multiple reasons to want her dead. A week before Christmas, he meets up with her and supposedly is the last person to see her alive. And because he has a family and because he is madly in love with Elizabeth, he firmly believes that if she were to drop off the face of the earth, that he would be just fine. He ends up going to a mental faculty, a uh, medical faculty, excuse me, an insane asylum, and he is locked up. And he says it is because he has a guilty conscience. He dies 39 years to the day of dropping short off at the Biltmore Hotel. 39 years to the day. This is the strangest coincidence in this entire case. The entirety of this case is baffling. You have Joseph Dumas who confesses to killing her. He firmly believes that he kills her, but due to his military ID and his military credentials, he's seen on the base at this time leading the police to believe that he wants 15 minutes of fame and that it's a false confession. Mark Hansen, at this time, is a nightclub owner. And he comes on into this case as Elizabeth's friend and boss. Elizabeth wants 
to be an actress and she'll do whatever it takes to get there and there is a rumor floating around that says that he exchanges certain favors for room and board this case is so strange that scores and scores and scores of men are suspected such as Norman Chandler the publisher of the LA Times and Donald Wolf claims that Chandler impregnated Elizabeth and that's why Chandler wanted her dead. Woody Gunthrie, the folk singer, film titan Orson Welles, George Hodel, who we discussed earlier, Fred Sexton, and George Nolan. Going back to George Hodel, he has some very disgusting family drama. He had sexually he abuses his daughter to the point where she becomes pregnant by him and she runs away wanting nothing to do with her father. She ends up having the baby and naming her Fauna. TNT comes out with this incredible miniseries starring Chris Pine and India Ensley, who plays Fauna Hodel. And Chris Pine plays this dogged journalist trying to figure out who George Hodel really is. I highly recommend watching it. I watched it all in one night, and it's incredible. It's thrilling. It's method acting you sink into the story there are 60 total confessions mostly by men from this case 60 Elizabeth's life came to a quick end January 15th she disappeared six days before this and is laid to rest in the Piedmont Federal Piedmont Funeral Services in Mountain View in Oakland, California. Elizabeth disappeared January 9th and was found January 15th. That's six days. Six days and no one knew where she was six days and she falls off the face of the earth six days and it gets us to the most fascinating unsolved crime in old-time Hollywood what do you think happened to Elizabeth Short thanks for listening feel free to email me I am on Facebook Twitter Instagram I will leave those handles in the description box below. Thanks for listening. Enjoy Halloween.